0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of Free Time. I am super excited to kick this off and officially put my first episode out there. Um, This episode is going to be about this summer and what I was doing, what I learned from it, and just everything that entails, because this summer has been the most influential summer of my life, and I've grown so much just through everything I did this summer. So first I kind of will tell you guys about what I was doing, if you don't know. So I had this internship through an organization called Young Entrepreneurs Across America, where I ran an exterior painting business. Um, I actually just finished it yesterday. So I was planning on recording this on my way back to St. Louis, but I finished a little early. So I've got a couple days to wind down before I head back. Um, And what that kind of entails is basically anything you'd expect a, you know, business to entail. So everything from marketing to doing estimates for people to making sales to recruiting employees to work for you and paint to actually producing those, collecting the final check from homeowners, et cetera, just working with, you know, all these real life homeowners that want their house painted. So it was a really cool and fulfilling summer and successful to say the least um and it was just amazing i don't know i mean it was extremely hard work but it was the most fulfilling thing that i've done so this podcast is probably going to be a little all over the place because i'm just going to talk about things that i actually did and stuff i learned so we will start with the beginning and i think this this little story sums up my summer in a nutshell. So when I was driving from St. Louis to Dayton, like mid-May, um, I was on the highway after getting gas like two hours ago, and this guy just starts like honking at me and he's just riding right next to me, and I don't normally get like I don't really get road rage or anything, so I was just like kind of confused. So I just looked over at him and was like, wait, what? And then he kept pointing to the back of my car and I was like laughing because I thought he was like I don't know, I guess I just thought it was kind of funny, and he kept pointing, he was really adamant about it, so I looked back like through my you know, rear view mirror and my gas cap was just wide open, I just never closed it after, <laughs> after getting gas, and that was just a really awesome start to the summer, but it essentially sums up a lot of the hardships I went through. Um, I'm gonna start with the meals that I was getting and everything, because when I got to Dayton, I didn't really know what to do with food. Like, I, I honestly got to Dayton, unpacked my stuff, and I'm like, guess I gotta eat, right? I mean, I can't just go into my pantry like I could at home and just find stuff to put together or something. So I went to the grocery store, and I like never really went alone before. And if I did, it was just because my mom needed something or whatever, and so I would just get that for her. Um, Or I would just go with her sometime. But I've never really gone on my own for my own sake. And that in and of itself is quite the experience. So when I got to the grocery store, I still didn't really know what I was going to get to eat. Because I had to make food. And I hadn't really made food before. I mean, I made breakfast my senior year of high school every morning. So I was good on breakfast. But the dinner part was what was tricky. And so I basically thought to myself, like, what do people normally eat for dinner, I guess, that, I don't know, what would a, a guy just make? And I guess the typical thing is chicken and rice, so I was like, okay, most people do that, it can't be too hard to make. <clears throat> I'll just get some chicken, get some rice, some frozen vegetables, and that'll be, that'll be that for the week. Uh, little did I know that that would be my exact same dinner every single day, including tonight, I'm gonna eat that, and tomorrow before I go back. Every single night, not a single day off except maybe like once or twice, just the occasional Bibi Bop. If you don't know what Bibi is, it's the best food place around. But I literally ate chicken, rice, and frozen vegetables every single night. Why? I don't really know. I think I just kind of didn't want to. I just didn't know what else to do. I really didn't. I mean, I was living with three fifth years and someone who's going to be a junior who had their own kitchen last year. So they all kind of knew what they were doing and they just kind of kept themselves. And I was like, all right, let's keep eating chicken and rice. And another thing is I didn't realize that chicken goes bad after like three or four days, someone said, but I've been making it every Sunday for the entire week. I still am. I haven't really noticed any side effects of eating chicken after a week of making it. But yeah, if any of you know any, bad things about that, let me know, but I'm just going to keep doing it till I notice something. Um, But the, probably the most embarrassing thing of all of this is when I got the chicken, I didn't realize, you know, you let, you thaw it out and you slice it up and you put it on the stove and it's just like a little process, but yeah. So like essentially I thought that Chicken was made by I I bought it frozen, put it in the freezer. The next day I made it, and I thought you literally just would like take a chicken breast out, frozen, put it on the stove, flip it every every now and then, and it would just be like cooked. I don't really know what I was thinking to be honest. I was just like clueless, and that went on for about a month, which is so embarrassing. It was and it wasn't. I wasn't meal prepping at this point. This was like first stages where i thought it was okay to make myself dinner every single night and spend 2 or 3 hours i thought that was kind of normal i didn't think it was normal no i didn't i just didn't know any better or differently and i just kind of assumed you just get faster as, as you do it i guess but yeah it was it was an absolutely brutal brutal experience with that because i would spend 2 or 3 hours a night making chicken and it would take so much energy to cut that i mean It was frozen on the stove. The ends were getting hot because I would put it on the stove. And then cutting it would just be a workout in and of itself. But now I know, and that's, you know, we're learning, right? So I'm sure I'll struggle with some other meals. I never really made pasta or anything. I literally just made chicken rice and heated up some frozen vegetables. Every morning I ate the exact same breakfast, eggs with some meat in it. Some spinach, either an omelet or scrambled eggs. And then for lunch, I just ate a sandwich. So I ate the exact same meal every day for, let's see, what, two and a half months, three months? And I'm not even really sick of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. And while I'm talking about kind of going to the grocery store and stuff, I need to give a shout out to Home Depot and Lowe's. Their service is the most incredible service that I've ever experienced. It's like, I'll walk in there and I won't even look around. I will just find the closest worker, go up there and be like, hey, do you know where uh, like deck sprayer is? I don't know. I like, yeah, aisle 58, uh, third shelf on your right. Sure enough, I'll just walk there, third shelf on the right, right there. Exact same thing I needed. It's incredible. And honestly, if you haven't gone and experienced that, you should like make up a product or find something, and just ask them and just watch them know exactly where it is on the spot. Pretty crazy. Um. So how my day kind of went was up until like mid July. So mid May, mid July, a couple months. I would wake up at four thirty or like four fifteen every single morning. I guess besides weekends, but yeah and the reason for that was just because well first of all the night the night before like i not i wasn't around friends and family so i didn't really have anyone to keep me up or anything so it'd be whatever time and the only time i could work out was literally the morning because honestly the days i was working was most days between may and late june was you know leaving my house at 7 not getting back till probably 8 13-hour days and just, you know, grinding. So I guess you got to find time for yourself sometime in there. And that's kind of when I found it. And a lot of the summer, mainly July, when I was kind of doing mindless tasks, like painting or something, after I was done selling, I would listen to like audiobooks, like a bunch of them. And there was one that really stood out to me. It's called The 5AM Club. It's by Robin Sharma, I believe. And it is... Incredible. It was one of those books where, not one of those books, it's the book that probably four or five times throughout the book, I was, my jaw would literally drop and I'd be like, I could be writing this right now. Like, I could be the author of this book. It it was crazy how it captured all my thoughts. And it's not just about like waking up early or anything, it's about, you know, working hard, but also keeping the balance and having fun. And just like getting the most out of life that we can get. And if you haven't read it, highly recommend, but that's just a side note. I want to talk about my first day because this day was an extremely influential and crazy and just out of my comfort zone kind of day. And perhaps the most I've learned in a single day in my entire life. So to kick things off right at lunchtime of my first day, Uh, one of my painters texted me and said that his old boss would give him a raise if he came back that day. So basically I had, you know, someone quit the first day. So that just started off kind of rocky, but I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll, I'll figure it out. But I was a little uneasy about that. And then I just had a ton of things to do on the first day because, you know, when you're starting something and I'm trying to learn all these things, there's just so much stuff to do and so much stuff to learn that you kind of just need to keep to yourself and do the stuff you have to do. And the homeowner just kind of kept talking to me. And it was one of those situations where, you know, you know, it means so much to them. If you're talking to them, they were like kind of an older couple, but you just have so much to do that you feel bad and you, you just can't continue to talk to them. So I guess I listened for a little bit, but that was just making me super anxious, you know, cause I was like, I need to go, do what I need to do and learn. Cause it's my first day actually opening my business. Um, so I tried to get out of that fairly quickly, but that was just, that just kind of made my anxious levels higher, which didn't help after the painter quit. Um, and then a little bit in, I realized the job was totally underbid and that I totally messed up. And I estimated it for like 2,900, but it probably should have been like 3,800. And so I didn't really know what to do in that situation. I just, I was just like, well, that's on me. I guess I'll take the hit. But to cap it all off, when I did the final walk around with the couple and they were extremely happy and all that, I had the contract in my hand and everything. And they go, so wait, what do we owe you? Like 1200 something? And immediately my heart dropped because like I just said, I had already underbid the job and then they thought it was like 1500 for the whole thing. It was 2900 that was estimated and on the contract we had two different contracts because when i first came out they wanted just like the siding of their house done and that was like 1400 and then i came back out and they wanted like all the trim and everything else like doors and that was 1500 so i made a separate contract for that and i pulled out both when i got there etc and so they thought the second contract was the total which i don't really remember i mean that totally could have been a miscommunication on my end but either way, I wrote like, you know, what each thing covers and all that in the description on the contract that I, they all signed and everything. So immediately I was like, ma'am, it's it's $2,500. And the husband just goes, we're not paying that. And things got really hostile very quickly. I just didn't really know what to do. I mean, if you put yourself in my shoes, like what do you do when there's a literally a, let's see, $1,300 difference between how much someone thinks and how much it actually is. I mean, that's a high number (laughs) and it's real money. So it was just a lot. And luckily my mentor was there. So she tried to take care of it. And eventually we came to the conclusion that they would pay 2,500, not 2,900 just so we didn't have to like, you know, get any legal stuff going on. And we just kind of took care of it. But yeah, that was just, just lear- I just learned so much from that day, which in hindsight, I'm glad it happened, right? It's weird to say, but in the moment, it was the most uncomfortable thing. And I was like, I would do anything to be out of here right now, right? Like I, I would do anything not to be in this position, you know, why me? Um, and that night, so I journaled all throughout the summer. I've been journaling since November. And I wrote in my journal, I said, quote, I'm questioning if I have what it takes, period. That is the test. And looking back on it, like that, that just means so much to me that I realized that in the moment, you know, and I think so many times when someone's striving for a goal or any, you know, even in my own life, I'm striving for something, there's going to be roadblocks. Like there's obstacles, right? Like that's life. You just got to get through it and acknowledge the fact that it's all part of the journey. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my numbers and how I did. So I finished the season a little over 83,000 in revenue and employed about eight different people as painters and I believe painted thirty-six homes, maybe it was twenty-six <laughs> gotta forget. Um but it's just crazy to think that. Like I I just I it was from nothing and it just means so much that just going through all the adversity and not having family and friends around or really anyone I knew, hiring everyone mm-hmm. I didn't know Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about success, just kind of in general, and just touch on that. So you're not going to be successful unless you give it your all. And that's so cliche, but it's so true. You have to be 100% all in. And an example of this is Brady Cook, who is one of my best friends, is eventually going to be the starting quarterback at Mizzou, not because he's more talented than these other quarterbacks or because he's more skilled or just knows more about the game naturally, no, it's because he spends hours every single day perfecting his craft you know whether that be in the film room the weight room on the field just throwing reps whatever it is it's a continual journey and he works every single day he's working his ass off so that he can reach that final stage and reach that goal and so there was this book you know like i said i was listening to a lot of audio books uh mainly in july just all throughout the summer but mainly in july and there was one book called Good to Great. It talks about how some companies make the leap from good to great and some remain good. And Jim Collins, who's the author of the book found that the CEOs and all the good to great companies, all the companies that achieved greatness and just high achievers in general, they all have one thing in common. And that one thing is that they all do what other people don't want to do. And in my opinion, that's leadership, right? Like that's, that's what it takes to be a leader. And for example, like how I, how I related to that was if I saw like one of my painters was kind of hesitant to do something and I was on the job site, I would just go do the hard thing, right? Like I would go on the roof and do it because you have to lead by example. And I found this quote, I don't remember when I found it or where, but it's pretty influential to me. And it's so many people trade what they want most for what they want now. I'm going to say that again. So many people trade what they want most for what they, what they want now. And that is so true. That is so true. And I think that all stems from seeing the big picture of everything, right? Like there were times, for example, it was like late June and I was at the point where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm really struggling right now. I don't know if I can hit my 80,000 goal mark. And it was pouring rain. And I was like, okay, I have a decision to make here. I can, obviously what I want to do is sit in my room and probably watch a movie or something and then go to bed because it's not going to be raining in the morning. Or I can get off my ass and go market and do something. And so I, that night I went cold calling in the pouring rain for three hours. For three hours. And I got zero leads from it. Zero. And in the moment I was devastated, right? Like I was like, I was just poured on for three hours, knocking on people's doors, which is so uncomfortable and so out of my comfort zone, just to get nothing out of it, (laughs) nothing. But I realized that I did it to prove to myself that I wasn't gonna give up like that, you know? Like it's gonna take a lot more than just some rain to knock me down. And that's just like a metaphor of life, you know? All right. My audio keeps cutting out. I think it's when I get a phone call, it cuts out. So my apologies, I'll figure that out at some point, but for now, I'll just kind of continue on where I was. Um, and I want to say one last thing about trading what, you know, what we want most for what we want now and just doing what other people don't want to do. So if you don't want to do something and it's not going to help your future, then don't do it. Right. I mean, If I'm, if you put me in a history class right now, I can guarantee you, I would get probably a C or a D or whatever, whatever lowest grade possible to pass, because I'm not going to be putting in time to learn that because in my opinion, and some people view this differently and I totally could be wrong, but in my opinion, that's not going to, that's not going to help me at all in the future. And I've always been kind of an adamant believer about that. But if you put me in a, you know accounting class that I'm taking this fall. I can guarantee you I'm going to get an A in that class and I'm going to learn as much as I can because I know that's going to help me in the future. And it's those times that we're studying and we don't want to at all. But, you know, I realized that my future selves can be so happy with me if I study this accounting and learn what it's all about. I'm positive of that. Therefore, I'm going to do it. Whereas in history, I don't think I'm going to need it in the future. So... I'm not going to waste my time studying for that. I know it's not technically a waste of time, but in my opinion, it's just kind of, you know, where you have to, what you value, um, and what's going to, you know, help you in the future. Um, but that being said, if you want to do something and it's going to hurt your future, don't continuously do that. That's where it gets, you know, tricky is when you're doing what makes you happy, but you have to make sure that Doing that isn't going to lead to a miserable future. And we can't feel good all the time. And if you do what makes you happy all the time, in the moment, you're going to feel pretty shitty in the future and you're going to be unfulfilled. And it's great if you can find what makes you happy and it's going to contribute to a thriving future. That's awesome. Do that, right? Okay. Uh, Lastly, I want to kind of touch on not having the friends and family around. So to be honest, it, it was extremely lonely. <laughs> like I even right now, it, I mean not my friends just moved in, uh some soccer players, so I have them now, but as of a few days ago I hadn't really seen many people, you know, so it, it got really lonely. And it was really interesting to me. And I don't know why I found this like interesting, but talking on the phone to someone if someone called me at any point in the summer it could totally it would totally turn my day around I could be having a shitty day and just kind of feeling low for really no reason but then I realized it's because I haven't talked to someone I haven't talked to anyone I love you know and I don't know if you guys can hear that dog barking but it's about to pass me so um but I hadn't talked to anyone that I loved you know And when someone would call me and we'd talk on the phone, that really turned just my day around in general. So I really appreciate that. Shout out to you if you called me. Um, But at the end of the day, talking on the phone and FaceTiming and stuff, that only goes so far. And, you know, when your love language is touch, it's important to have human contact. And I think humans are made for human contact. and it's kind of weird talking about touch because no one really talks about it and you don't really realize that it's needed until you're, till it's gone. I guess that's a real thing. You don't know it. You, you know, need until it's gone, but, and it's kind of weird talking about touch, like human, human touch, but it's just, it really was taking a toll on me and still kind of is. I mean, I don't get home till Friday and that's when I'm going to see all my friends and stuff. And it's going to be, you know, amazing. But even still, and this summer, I haven't really had that. Actually, I had one homeowner give me a hug one time. So that was great. He called me son, gave me a hug after I finished, <laughs> finished painting his fence. So that was great. But no, honestly, I mean, as humans, we're not, we're not fashioned not to give people hugs. You know, give someone a hug every day. And when you're not, which is what I'm not, it, it gets lonely. And I'm not going to lie about that. So to wrap up this episode, I want to read y'all my journal from the 4th of July. All right. So at the top, I wrote feeling eh alone, uncertain. And I said, I have no in-person support. I didn't realize how hard that is. And then I said, I'm lacking love. I won't see anyone I truly love until mid-August which I now found out, by the way. Side note is early August, love to see it, because it's soon. And then I wrote, buckle up, Phil. And I said, this shit is temporary, it's finite. If I just grind now, I can enjoy later. Grind for one month, that's it. And here I am, just about exactly one month later, and I grinded, and I did the shit I had to do, and now I get to reap the benefits, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm so happy and proud of my past self for acknowledging that. And to add on to that, it's really hard to keep going when you don't see results, right? So in that moment, I hadn't really seen results, and I had been working so hard, and I'm not seeing the results until now. And that can get extremely difficult and be very unencouraging to people, you know? it's that's why a lot of people start working out. You know, the first, I'd say month or so of working out, it's, it's fun. It's new. It's exciting. Um, but you don't totally really see results till, you know, a few months in. So after that one month or that beginning phase of enjoying what you're doing and the new thing, it's hard to stay on track cause you're not seeing the results. You're not seeing progress and that's why most people quit and most people don't continue to do it. And That being said, I think it's important to reward yourself if you're doing something that you know your future self will appreciate, right? Like give yourself a reward, whether that's watching your favorite TV show after, you know, doing something that you are proud of or staying up later, whatever it is, I don't know, going on a walk, reward yourself. If you're not seeing results in something that you know you will in the future, Because burnout is a real thing, and I experienced that this summer, and it will be a killer. So do what makes you happy. Be sure to reward yourself if you're doing something that's not super fun to do, but you know will make you more fulfilled and bring you more joy in the future. And lastly, I do want to say I didn't realize my last or my intro episode played Mr. Brightside for the entirety of the song, so my apologies for that. I thought it was just the first 30 seconds. And then I listened to it the other day and I was like, oh my God, I just, I put the exact same, I put like the entire song on here and I just didn't realize it. So sorry if you had to listen to the <laughs> the entire song of Mr. Brightside. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sorry. It's a phenomenal song, but yeah, I just meant for it to be like 30 seconds. Um, well, that's it. I don't really know how to close out a podcast because this was my first episode. So thanks for listening. If you made it this far. We will talk soon. Go have yourself a day.